Coach Gobertson here with you with another leadership shot. And as you can tell from the rather provocative title of this episode, uh, we're going to be talking about women, without a doubt. Uh, we're going to be talking about some very heavy stuff in this episode. As a matter of fact, it's something I've been struggling to try to figure out how to say since last December. Uh, some of you right now are thinking, Coach, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing this time? You know, blue bra girl. Whoa, that's a little bit, uh, that's a little bit provocative. If you're not familiar with the incidents, um, that happened over in Cairo, Egypt last December during several, uh, days of protesting and military action that was absolutely brutal. Um, it's, it's worthwhile to educate yourself about what happened over there. Uh, now, obviously, you know, a lot of you are like, well, you know, this is Egypt, coach. Why are you telling us about Egypt? This doesn't change our lives. You know, I'm not, I don't live in Egypt. Well, this podcast obviously is heard all around the world. I think this is something that needs to be talked about. And, uh, for those of you who know me, you're probably not surprised by the title of this podcast because you know that I'm not afraid to talk about anything. Uh, you know, the phrase coach's famous candor, uh, comes into play for sure in this episode. Uh, there will be quite a bit of it. And some of you will definitely not like what I have to say. And you can feel free to hit the unfriend button on Facebook. Uh, that's cool. That doesn't bother me one bit because I think that this is an, a, a very important uh, thing to talk about. Um, let me get back to the story. You know, last December, I was on Facebook and had clicked over on a link that one of my Facebook friends, Marlena Proper Graves, had shared uh, about what was happening over in Egypt. And I had, I was uh, basically familiar with some of the struggles that were happening over there. And the story was about how thousands of women uh, were protesting an event that had happened. Uh, I believe it was the previous night or day uh, in, during, during one of the protests. And they were showing pictures. Uh, they, were, they had printed out pictures, stills, if you will, from a video that was taken uh, probably from a, a cell phone uh, that, were, that was displaying uh, men literally stomping on uh, uh, who uh, a girl who became known as the girl in the blue bra or the blue bra girl? Uh, the video that was uh, that this still was taken from showed a woman running from the military police. They caught her and stripped off her abaya. I believe that's the right way to say that. If it's not, you'll have to forgive me. Stripped her down literally in the street and proceeded to beat her, kick her, stomp on her. And it made me absolutely sick. What I didn't realize is that at the moment when I was watching the video, by the way, I was watching the video during um, lab time during class, you know. Um, so it was kind of a very uncomfortable place to be at the moment, uh, in that particular moment, because I was completely, I wanted to go throw up. 
Um, and I've been, it's one of those things you can't unsee. I've actually actually been able to watch the video twice. Uh, once that day and once a few weeks ago when I was trying to produce this podcast. And I've been trying actually to produce this podcast for a couple of weeks. And I've been really been struggling with how to talk about this. Um, no one deserves that kind of treatment. Some people think, oh, well, that's an Egyptian problem. Oh, well, that's a Muslim problem. Oh, that's a problem over there. And, you know, the more and more I thought about it, because this is not something, like I said, you just can't unsee this thing. Um, you can't unsee this incident and the amount of cruelty that was leveled against. And, by the way, it was not just against this one girl. This She became the focal point of the video, obviously. But um, the cruelty, you know, uh, proceeded from there. You know, without a doubt, and this was a very violent situation. The thing that kept coming back to me was, and the question was, what is the rhetoric? What is the mythos, the mythology? What is the story in the heads of these men that allowed them to think that this was perfectly okay? To take this kind, to brutally beat this girl, to humiliate her in the streets. I can only imagine. It's actually no, I can't. I can't even imagine what this girl went through, uh, from a physical standpoint, from a emotional and mental and psychological standpoint. How difficult it must have been for her to experience this level of cruelty. I realize that this was not just one singular event. As a matter of fact, this kind of rhetoric, this kind of myth, this story, these words that have taken up residence in these men's head, this is a story, these are words that have been proceeding for thousands of years through our own minds and our hearts, somewhere along the line we have taken the standpoint that women somehow are less than. Somehow, some way, women are the weaker creature. They, are, they don't have as much worth, as much value. As a matter of fact, it's not that... It's, Kind of a recent thing where women have stopped being traded as property, at least in the Western world. Not all, actually, not all over. Human trafficking are st is still happening uh, the world around. But because we have told ourselves that somehow, some way, that women are things. I wonder sometimes if when I hear conversations, and actually not that long after I uh, I watched the video and, and became aware of this incident, I was overhearing, I overheard a conversation where uh, people were, you know, two men were talking about how women should know their place. Really. 
um, from a leadership standpoint, which of course this podcast is about, uh, I think that this particular incident points to something that has resided in us for thousands of years that has to change because I believe that it is killing us. We have continually stood on the necks of women, held them down, beat them with sticks. Maybe not physically, but in our rhetoric, in our mythology, especially in religious circles. But it doesn't just stop. It doesn't just stop there. You know, a lot of it does originate there. But I'm going to make a very strong statement here that any man or woman, by the way, who says that a woman should not be in leadership, whatever that may look like, that should not be in leadership of a corporation or organization, whatever it may be, it's their foot in the shoes and the boots of the men who are stomping on the blue bra girl. So you're thinking, whoa. You might be thinking, coach, that's a little strong. I think that's a little much. Um, uh, it's okay, you can disagree with me. You'd be wrong, but, you, but the words, I believe, are the same myth that keeps women out of leadership from sharing their gifts and their the value that they bring to the table worldwide. That same rhetoric that keeps them from doing that is the same rhetoric that was running in the heads of the men who were stomping on that girl, who were stripping her down and humiliating her as though she were some kind of object to be tossed about. I'm going to make another statement. I think that women should know their place too. And let me tell you where their place is. Their place is right beside me and sometimes right in front of me leading me. You know, I have been majorly blessed to have so many amazing women leaders in my life. Starting with my own mother, by the way. My mother, Carol, she is an absolutely fantastic leader. Sometimes she doesn't even realize how fantastic of a leader she is. And I saw her leadership not just at home, where I definitely saw it at home, for sure. I saw her leadership um, in the church, the little bitty Baptist church that we attended. I saw her leadership in the Sunday school that she taught. I saw her leadership when she and my father started up a sheet metal shop in our hometown. And I don't, I can't remember if she was president or vice president or whatever she was, but uh, definitely uh, leading uh, in an amazing way. And sometimes I think that she probably didn't, doesn't realize that I actually saw that and, and saw her leading in so many different ways. And I did. I saw her lead well. My grandmother, Helen, Helen Culbertson, I saw 
amazing leadership from her. I worked with my grandmother and my grandfather extensively in the town roller rink in Vandale, Illinois. A lot of, some of you may actually, uh, if you know what I'm talking about, may actually have been there. Um, but my grandmother was an amazing leader uh, in the way that she held herself, in the way that she talked with and made the people who came to the roller rink, and by the way, the roller rink also doubled as a dance hall on Thursday and Saturday nights. The way that she brought value to the people who were there. Uh, I could even say the leadership that my Auntie Lane showed also throughout our family. My Auntie Lane uh, is an amazing woman. Some people think she's a little eccentric, and perhaps she is, but the leadership that she shows in bringing value in making people feel absolutely wonderfully important. Um, I could go on and on about so many leaders in that are women in my life. My wife is an amazing leader, by the way, uh, Kimberly Culbertson, without a doubt. She uh, has um, led in so many different facets. And when we lead together, um, you know, the impact that we see is is incredible. You know, so that's where, in my opinion, that's where women's place, I think that's where a woman's place is. It's in leadership, without a doubt. Especially if a woman can raise a family, if a woman can raise a family, she can run a corporation. She can run any organization that <laughs> she sets her mind to. Um, you know, that by itself is incredible leadership training. And we continually ignore that. As a matter of fact, I think we even continually uh, in in our society by the rhetoric and the myth that we hold that we keep women away from that. And that has to stop. That has to stop. Now some people are going to pull out the religion card at this point and say, well, my religion says this. And I'm going to say, well... You might want to rethink those statements. You know, as my son Jack grows up, uh, you know, he turned a year old not that long ago. And you can better believe that as he grows up, he's going to grow up with the rhetoric, the myth, the story, the understanding, and the point of faith that women are equally valuable, equally capable, and have gifts and contributions to make to the world that if we hold them back, our world would be so much the poorer. Our societies will continue to atrophy. Just because a, woman, just because a person happens to be a woman, does that guarantee that they're a leader? No, it doesn't. Just like uh, if a man, uh, a person happens to be a man, that doesn't guarantee they should be a leader either. As a matter of fact, I've seen some incredibly poor leadership from men. Uh, a Harvard Business Review study, by the way, uh, that was released not that long ago, actually shows um, from a statistical standpoint that women are actually better bosses than men. Uh, <laughs> that's a very interesting, uh, very interesting study. Leadership has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with, um, but it has everything to do with their character and their competency and the ability 
to generate a vision, a destination of experience that we can all follow, something that will bring us more life and not less. To wrap up this particular podcast, um, I want to ask all of us, myself, anyone who's listening, to make one change in their rhetoric, in their myth. Because we all have them. We all have rhetoric. We all have myth. We all have the stories that we tell ourselves, that we tell other people about. I want you to change the story that you have about women. I want you to change the idea that somehow that they are lesser than, that women can do everything but. As soon as that but word shows up, the foot comes down on a woman's chest. That women have an equal value, an equal capability, an equal power. I have a point of faith, like I've told you about earlier. I think I may have mentioned this at least once or twice in the, in the podcast series. That every single person on the planet is of unique, intrinsic, and eternal value. Men, women, doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter your gender. Every single person is unique, valuable, and powerful. And has something to contribute. Something amazing to bring to the table that no one else in history has ever been able to bring. I believe that if we started telling that story, if we started those words and we let them loose in our rhetoric, in our mythologies, that we would see a changed society inside of one generation. That's my hope. That's my dream. This has been Coach Culbertson reminding you to be good to each other. Yeah.